hello everyone and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California Mortgage Bankers Association. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO, and I'm very happy that you could, um, could join us today. So this is our weekly podcast of the movers and shakers in the mortgage banking industry. And uh, before we get into today's presentation, I would like to thank Incelerate, our Connect podcast sponsor for their support this year. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. The mortgage industry's most innovative customer experience platform that delivers lead management, sales engagement, enablement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence in all one comprehensible and highly scalable platform. Incelerate delivers dynamic technology strategy and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey, whether it be your borrower, referral partners, or any other party to the loan transaction. This dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack. Due to their advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture, gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems and having your data tracked and data silos. This innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. Close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, transform your customer acquisition lifestyle, and create customers for life. And for more information, you can visit Incelerate.com. And thank you to Incelerate for your support this year. Before I introduce my uh, guest today, I would like to remind our listeners that we are getting ready for our Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference that's happening in San Diego, in person, I might add. Uh, uh, at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of December, uh, we've got some great panelists uh, that will be um, providing um, very timely information on what's hot in uh, litigation and uh, regulatory compliance. Uh, today's guest is also a speaker at that conference. And if you are an attorney in California, we will be uh, offering MCLE credits through the California State Bar. So great event. Don't want to miss that. You can visit our website for information to register for the Legal Issues and Red Compliance Conference. And with that, I would like to welcome my very good friend, Joe Liniak, so partner at Dorsey, as today's podcast guest. Hi, Joe. Hello, Susan. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Joe, you are one of the uh, very first people that I met when I came to the California MBA all those many years ago when we were both 16. And um, uh, it has been a, a great journey. You have been a longtime uh, supporter, very active with the California MBA, and uh, we are certainly grateful for that. But um, I always like to start off these uh, interviews with just a little background on you and uh, how did you get into this part of the business or, or specifically pick financial services as your area of legal expertise? Well, let me see, it, it, it is good to see you. I think we've known each other for about 140 years. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, after, I, um, after I got out of Georgetown Law School and worked for a judge, um, I was offered a position in the FDIC's honors program in banking in Washington, D.C. And uh, I, I actually spent time closing down banks, which is kind of helpful because when you're talking to a board of directors or an executive saying, hey, I really think you need to fix something, they, they usually listen when they realize the fact that I've been on both, on both sides. I, I eventually um, 
uh, became a partner at the old McKenna Connor and Cuneo Law Firm, uh, where, uh, and again, I mean, this 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 affects the uh, CMBA. Uh, uh, McKenna was uh, was the leading law firm in the United States dealing with savings and loans, and savings and loans ran the mortgage market. Yeah. At that point, there was no secondary market. There was no such thing as interstate branching or exporting interest rates. And, and we worked very diligently to create what has come today, uh, the, today's market. And, um, you know, it, along the way, the unfortunately, savings and loans went away. Uh, then after that, the subprime mortgage lenders, they went away. And what we have now is a very, very strong, vibrant uh, partnership comprised of non-bank mortgage lenders and banks that engage in mortgage lending, uh, which, uh, and so really the CMBA is the, uh, has inherited the mantle of mortgage lending uh, in California and actually elsewhere. And we may talk about that a little bit in a moment. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, the, the whole SNL crisis, definitely kind of a big um, jettison forward for the independent mortgage banker, right? And I, I learned something new about you today. I did not realize that that was part of your, uh, your background. So that's, uh, that is interesting. That's interesting for sure. Um, so you have been recognized uh, even on the Washington DC list of super lawyers uh, ever since 2016, each year since 2016. Um, recognized as exhibiting excellence in the practice of law. So let me ask you, do you mentor other attorneys given your, your, your recognition in your, in your field? Well, the advantage of, uh, of being awarded super lawyer uh, status is that every year they send me a new blue suit with a, a red cape. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, my, kids, my kids yell at me, but that's okay. I wear it. What the heck? It's good for Halloween. Um, but I will tell you, though, being seriously, that um, mentoring is absolutely critical, and I'll tell you why. In financial services, unlike commercial lending, commercial lending, I'll loan, I'll loan you $100 million on the back of a napkin. I'm in consumer lending, it's really, really complicated. I once counted about 25 separate areas of law you have to know about. Uh, in the case of mortgage lending, it's truth in lending, it's ECOA, it's Humda. We can just keep going on and on and on. And it's really difficult for young people to get their arms around this because the way that things are structured nowadays, they don't have enough time to be able to read treatises. They're looking at individual computer screens. And so you learn by osmosis, by talking to people, by explaining what, what the background is. And frankly, a lot of the background is oral tradition. It's not written anywhere. So I, I, I think it's really, really important to, um, uh, to be mentoring people. I try to go out of my way of doing it. And thankfully, there are old fogies like you and me that remember things to be able to um, teach people like this is really what is meant by what you're reading. So this way they learn and they can then continue on with their own careers. Well, and I think also there's that notion of, you know, history not repeating itself, right? So let me help you, new attorney, understand, you know, how this law, how this regulation came to be, what, what, was, what was happening in the market that's, that spurred that. And I think that's, um, that's very beneficial you know, for anybody that's choosing this area of, of law to practice. And 
you know, you're right. What you have seen and witnessed in the industry isn't written down as from you from an attorney's perspective. You know, in the in the uh, financial services industry. So I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to hear that that you pass that along to the next generation that can take over these businesses when you and I can finally retire, right? Well, I, I will also add another component, and and you know, look, I'm I've I've been a longstanding uh, critic of the CFPB. Um, in, in that they are incapable of writing a paragraph without writing an extra 200 pages explaining what it's about. And, and y you really don't have to do this, guys. You can do it a little more succinctly. And, and by that, I mean, look, uh, going back about 30 years ago, there was something which was revolutionary. It was called truth in lending simplification, making it easy to understand for people to understand. Um, you'll probably never hear me say this, but Elizabeth Warren originally had it correctly, which is people need to know five or six important things. And the rest of it, you can put into a document, you can protect yourself. Uh, actually, I think, you know, TARP, they did a good job in being able to put together a comprehensive list of disclosures. Uh, maybe more counseling would be okay. But truth in lending right now is so unbelievably complicated. It's really difficult for anybody to understand. And maybe that's something that, that, that's why the mentoring is so important to understand. Let's parse it through and understand the pieces because it's been made too complicated for the average practitioner to be able to understand. Right, right, right. So let's so let's talk about the CFPB for uh, for a minute. So as a, a nationally recognized leader in financial services industry, what what do you think is top of mind for the CFPB going into the new year? Well, it starts with uh, Director Chopra, okay? And, and he is a very, very bright fellow, very, very well-schooled in the politics of DC. Um, in terms of his pronouncements, it's kind of difficult to be able to figure out when he's talking fluff and when he's saying something because he's really signaling that something is about to happen and there's gonna be a major change. And, and, and I kind of likened it to, um, Remember that, that that movie Sandra Bullock was in, Miss Congeniality, where she was a FBI agent and yet she was a contestant as a as a brute in a, in a beauty pageant, and they were interviewing her, and it didn't matter what she said, she had to answer it by saying "and world peace." Well, to an extent, that's what Director Chopper is doing or may be doing, because everyone has got to toe the line and has got a a tagline that they have to say, and the tagline right now is fair lending and possible discrimination. Uh, whether or not that is true or not, we can get into, but um, certainly he is signaling the fact that something is about to happen and they are turning the ship of state, meaning the CFPB, back towards where they were four years before the Trump administration. That's probably a fair fair statement, right? Yeah, if you look back to to where we were, where before were before the last administration. Um, so fair lending uh, has been an issue for the mortgage industry for many years, uh, but now we're also focusing on fair servicing, especially when we see so many so many borrowers, you know, that are going to be that are exiting forbearance. So what should lenders be thinking about relative to fair servicing uh, in their shops? Oh, um, another another really good uh, another really good question. Um, one of the things about what we're we're talking about here, we're talking about um, 
discriminatory treatment of minorities versus um, disparate impact. So disparate treatment, meaning you're doing it intentionally, disparate impact where there's new, on, on its face, there's neutrality, and yet through statistical information, you can you can identify the fact that a identified minority or other protected group is being discriminated against. In the case, it, what's important here is data. Mm. Why are there so many enforcement actions on fair lending? Because of Humda. Because Humda gives you the data that you can identify. In the case of servicing, it's one-on-one, one-on-one. -on -one, one -on -one. There's not a lot of records out there to be able to identify whether or not somebody has treated someone improperly. So it's disparate treatment. And that means it's going to take a lot more time if somebody decides to target you to do an investigation and identify, do we have the data to be able to challenge someone's activity? Now, we probably all remember, and I'm sure that you remember, uh, the uh, the old mystery shop, shopping days. No, yeah, mystery shoppers. <laughs> okay, well, well, I mean, that, that, that's a part. That's a part of this. In, in that, someone walks in and needs and needs assistance uh, as a result of COVID, as a result of the forbearances, etc. Have they been treated differently from your basic Joe White guy? Uh, and that requires you to identify and to do digging in terms of getting the data. And so, I think that a, a starting point is is there's, there's two starting points. First of all, do you have a reliable fair lending program? Do you have a reliable fair servicing program which emphasizes equal treatment, letting people be aware of the fact that they have to be dealing with people on an even-handed, fair basis? Because that is something that, you know, frankly, is not intentional and yet can occur. And if you're targeted by the CFPB, the CFPB has got enormous investigative powers, the so-called CIDs or civil investi investigative demands. And if you get targeted, you're gonna be into it in terms of their ability to investigate you to the cows come home. And, but I will say a, a, you know, a, um, a silver line, lining here, and that is um, lenders have done a very, very good job at addressing fair lending concerns. We do it all the time. We test for it all the time. Maybe we need to dust it off and take another look at it, but generally it's, uh, it's, it's high quality. And, and I think that um, it's, it's probably a misstatement on the part of the CFPB to be uh, emphasizing fair lending to the degree they have been, because uh, it's just simply not, uh, not reflected in the enforcement and, and data that's come out so far. Okay, so and so my next question, you know, you might have just answered my next question, but uh, what what would you suggest is, uh, you know, for the lenders that are that are listening to this podcast, what's the number one area of regulatory compliance lenders should be focused on, or reviewing for correct policies and procedures going into 22? Would you think it would be something along fair servicing or or dust off their fair lending policies, maybe? Oh yes, oh absolutely, that that's. That's, that's where it, uh, I mean, one of the things that that Director Chopra has been saying, he said he has made statements in front of Congress that he intends to go after redlining vigorously, um, and um, he's also concerned about fintech algorithms and AI. Uh, however, and again, uh, however, 
for those of you that may be familiar with it, the excuse me, New York University came out with a study of discrimination in the PPP process, and they found out that algorithms and um, uh, and uh, uh, AI really eliminated unintentional discrimination against minorities applying for PPP loans, which is completely contrary to what uh, Director Shopper has been saying. I think that's because he's interested in it and he can look into it if he wants because he's got the tools tools to do so. But uh, again, interesting things to be, you know, what what's real, what's not, when is it Sandra Bullock world peace versus reality? And then here's another thing. Okay, so you take a look at your fair lending policies and procedures. There have been um, sizable amounts of matters requiring attention and examinations for humda misreporting, not discriminatory lending, but humda misreporting. So you need to be checking that. Um, and then in the background is the issue of UDAP. Maybe it's not a violation, but but should you be doing it a little bit better? You can always evaluate that, and um, and I think there's a lot of people that are now talking about what ends up being a a good platform for treating people fairly in order to avoid, even if you don't cross the line, somebody might be able to say that this is you know this is still inherently unfair. Right, right. Yeah, we've had um, going back to your comment on kind of the you know the algorithms that are used, the automated decision making cyst platforms. We've even had legislation in California, as you know. Uh, that was introduced this year on, uh, on you know, looking to make some changes there as well. Not a piece of legislation that moved forward, but certainly something that we could be seeing on the state level going into 22. And, and you know, the, the Director Chopra's concern is a concern that, gee, I don't know what's in the black box. Um, and you may have hidden something in there that ends up being discriminatory in nature. Can he do an investigation? Yeah, he can. But Right now, the data that seems to be coming out indicates that uh, that you can construct these things in a manner which are neutral, race, racially neutral in, in, in nature, uh, gender neutral in nature. Uh, are there going to be mistakes made? Yeah, there's always going to be mistakes made. But again, um, what's real and what's not, and but quite different from whether or not they decide to do an investigation of you as a lender. Right, right, right. Um, so we think, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Joe. There's, gosh, there's so much going on, so much going on. And then with, you know, the end of forbearance and people, you know, have, you know, going back to the fair servicing, you know, uh, issues that you mentioned, having, you know, relatively new person at the head of the CFPB, lots, lots for lenders to be thinking about going into, uh, into the new year. Um, so we're, we're coming to uh, the close of uh, our podcast, um, but I wanted to end on this. You know, you have been very active member uh, and contributor to the successes of the California MBA for for many years, um, even predating predating me. Um, so, what can you share with listeners about why why you volunteer for uh, with the California MBA? Well, as I mentioned, you guys are the inheritors of. Uh... Uh, the mantle of, of of home lending, frankly, not only in California but in um, uh, but nationally. You know, originally it was the um, the California League of Savings Institutions, which are the old SNLs, um, and California, as you know, is the fourth or fifth largest economy in the world. Uh, and uh, when the SNLs went away, 
you took over the leadership role. And, and frankly, you guys have always done a fantastic job in uh, recognizing that California leads the way, good or bad, in whatever policy issue they want to adopt. Uh, the, the, the CMBA and your lobbyists, they, they, you do a great job in understanding what's going on in uh, in Sacramento, in, in explaining it to your members, and also acting as a fair representative of the industry. Because what happens here happens every place else down the line, and uh, uh, and we're the first ones to uh, to face it. And usually we have to understand it and then talk to other folks. So I've always been uh, proud to be associated with you guys and uh, very, very happy to assist in the small amount of ways that I've been able to do so. Well, I would be for one say that your contributions have not been sm small in any way, but thank you for that. We uh, we do appreciate your uh, participation and uh, for any that are listening that are members of the California MBA, great ways to be involved with our association going into 22. Um, and uh, thank you, Joe, for being my guest on today's podcast and thank all of you for joining us today uh, to access uh, our Connect podcast episodes. You can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. So we'll be back next week with another episode of Connect. We'll see you then. Here we go.